Hello? We Buddy, can do guess a, what? We could do a demo reel of everyone. I'm recording a, a podcast right now that you just interrupted. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> that that one messed up Kenny. Hang on, he hung up. He was upset. Let me just call him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call him back, dude. <laughs> Meet the pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for trigger pressers to congregate and fellowship and talk about training, guns, gear, gadgets, religion, and political activism. This is my partner, Matt Mallory, and he's going to introduce our very special guest. You've got Jeff Gonzalez. He's a Navy SEAL and a National Firearms instructor and uh, a friend of the show. And we're looking forward to having him come up here in New York and put on his uh, level two combative pistol course in September, September 5th and 6th. Jeff, I welcome. Am ex- thank you, sir. I'm excited. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited. I know we've had some uh, difficulties and apparently the, uh, the world decided to throw us a curveball, but I'm glad we're finally getting this taken care of. A couple and times. I'll, yeah, I know. And I'm really excited to uh, be heading up uh, to that part of New York. It's been a while since I've been in that area. So I'm really, really stoked uh, to get back up there. Cool. Well, we're excited to have you and uh, looking forward to the to your wealth of knowledge being imparted upon us. <laughs> Fantastic. I appreciate that. <laughs> so why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on what people could expect and maybe what the prerequisites would be for the for the course that they're going to be coming to? That is a great, that's a great question. So our level two pistol class is, um, the way I try to explain it is like the way that we have uh, like itemized our, our class structure is that this level two is billed as an intermediate. And most of the time people kind of get a little put off by that. Like, ah, intermediate, I'm, I'm better than that. I need to be going to an advanced class. Right. And my recommendation is that the way that we structure our programming is pretty, uh, it's pretty authentic. And so what we find a lot of times is people are a little over, overzealous with their claims on skill sets. So I, I, I tell people that the level two class is a great program for people that have a solid, solid understanding of safety, their gun manipulations, you know, they've got, uh, a, a pretty good base for marksmanship because that's the that's the that's probably what gets everybody is the marksmanship stuff. You know, we we have a pretty uh, a pretty strict standard in you know like standards across the board, mm-hmm. and that really I think is what throws people off is that most of the time people are not accustomed to having some sort of uh, 
performance standard that they have to meet. And the, the, the way the class is formatted is that pretty much every evolution is a graded evolution. There's some sort of metric that we collect to be able to provide feedback to everybody. Awesome. Um, and we've been, you know, we've been doing this. I, I tell people this all the time. I don't know how to do it any other way. I don't know how to train people for, you know, deadly force or, you know, deadly force encounter any other way. Uh, this goes all the way back to the Navy. And so now it seems as though people are starting to recognize the importance behind standards and why they're there. And I'm like, oh, well, nice of you to join us. We've only been doing this for like 25 years. So good for you. <laughs> um, but the, the problem is that the problem is that people, again, are not accustomed to seeing those standards and it can sometimes be a, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a humble pie serving for a lot of Definitely. people. Yeah, I just trained, uh, I was in Chicago last weekend with Chris uh, Tonto Peranto and I took his course. And there was a couple of things that him and Ben Morgan had put out there. And I was, uh, you know, I was like, hmm, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way. But, you know, we had talked on the phone a few days ago about, about uh, instructors training and getting other instruction from other instructors. And I, and I always tell my students that, you know, it, as an instructor, I'm going out and I know Clint does it too. And as like we talk on the phone, you yeah. do it. And that's one of your goals this year to sure. do is to take training from other instructors. Um, and just having that ability to go out and take a course from somebody else, even if you're not learning something new, as far as a student, if I learn something new as an instructor or a new way of teaching it, a different way to present it, then it's a win for me. I couldn't agree with you more on that. It, you know, there are several ways to skin this cat. And one, I, one of the things that I think people really, so like what you're describing basically is adult learning. Yep. Whether it's from a student's perspective or an instructor's perspective, what we're talking about is, 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 is a message that we're trying to deliver and that message being received, understood, and then applied. And, and that's, that's the essence of, of teaching. That's the essence of instruction. And I, I, I think it's, it's hugely important to be able to diversify because I've got, I've got students that learn I've, every, every class I'm going to have, I'm going to have a diverse level of student skill as well as student learning like how they actually will take on this information and it, as an instructor you've got to constantly be kind of deciphering how that student learns so that you can try to make sure that your message that you're trying to send is received and that sure. they understand it and that I think is what really separates so many people so many instructors from um the, the rest of the pool, if you will. There, there are some yeah. folks that are very, very good at understanding their student base, learning how their students learn and are able to make that, you know, so I, I had this conversation um, a while back with a student who has a tremendous amount of skill level and has risen up and has his own training program that he's doing right now. And he he and I were talking about other instructors like he's traveled and he's gone and seen a lot of other instructors and he was commenting to me about some of the experiences that he's seen and how he was disappointed now that he's kind of sitting from uh, like he's on different side of the fence if you will mm -hmm. looking at things differently from some of the other instructors that he's went to that he's been to in the past and he's questioning like wow I really thought they I really thought that was good. But now that I'm over here looking at it, I realize I'm like, wow, that's actually not as good as I thought it was, you know? So there's, there's something to be said about the good old fashioned smoke and mirrors. And then there's something to be said about, you know, raw ability. And well, I, I agree with you about the, the diversity of every class you teach because the students are going to drive your course, mm -hmm. you know, most certainly. And I think, you know, if you're dealing with one individual, of course, you're going to custom tailor that experience for that individual to best suit their, you know, their outcome goals, their needs, what, 
they, how they like to be teached or teached, how they like to be taught and taught. I'm to. glad I didn't drink that at that moment. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that would have been fun. You know, but when, when you've got that open enrollment and you've got that group dichotomy, you, you want to try to reach the individual as much as you can without losing the rest of the people. Because ultimately, the time monkey's a thing. Ultimately, you know, you've got all that other, all those so other true. It's great. With. I mean, like I just did a blog. I think it was maybe a week, two weeks ago. It was, I think it was called uh, Instructor Agility. <laughs> and really what I'm, what I'm talking about in that, that particular blog was your ability as an instructor to um, assess your class. And you have got to be able to, you recognize that there are three groups. Now, some, sometimes there's going to be more than three groups, but there's generally going to be three. There's going to be the majority that are able to absorb your material and that's built for their skill level. So your class, in other words, they enrolled in the correct class. They were placed correctly per their skill. Sure. Then you're going to have the students that are above that skill. And then you're going to have the students that are below that skill. And your ability within the single block of instruction that you have to address all three of those different groups and keep them engaged because that's the other thing is like you can't afford to have one of those students check out because from from an educational point of view that sucks but from a safety point of view it's super yeah. important yeah. so the, the instructors that have that ability like you were describing to be able to kind of go up and down and flow with their group the the student base that they have those are the guys that are worth their salt even if they lack the pedigree or some sort of um whatever some perceived like ex expertise that right there is what students should be looking for is the ability for the instructor to relate to you as a, yeah. as an individual and then be able to manage the, the class dynamics that you talk about. Well, I think a, a great deal that has to just simply revolve around that instructor's knowledge and wisdom of the material. If you know your material inside out, back to front, upside down in the dark and in the light, you can make those subtle changes or those drastic changes that you need to do to meet the needs of the class. And I think like someone like you who's developed your own curriculum, I assume that's been the case, obviously, it's your curriculum that you've developed or, or with other people perhaps, uh, that's a little easier because you've grown and developed yourself along with the curriculum, right? Uh, me personally, I teach other people's curriculum mostly. I've got a few classes of my own brand, so it's taken me a long time to really get to understand it, understand the, the uh, reasoning for some of the drills, for instance. And then once I get that higher level of understanding, then I know the material becomes mine. And now I can kind of roll with it a lot better and suit the needs of those individuals. A lot of the guys that don't do it every day, they don't have enough reps in necessary to be at that level yet. That's all. And it just takes, it takes time, man, right? Well, I agree with you. You said several things that were super important. I like how you use reps, it takes reps, because we can associate with that, right? We're trying to improve a skill set. How do we improve that skill set? Well, we rep it out, we rep it, you know, through repetitions. Um, and it's interesting too, because what, what the other thing I took from your comment was, so like as an instructor, yes, you have to be able to, under, you have to know your material. I mean, that's part, of, that's part of being an instructor. You have to have that subject matter expertise. You have to have that, I mean, that's, that's, that's your, that's the only way you're going to even get to the podium is you have to have that subject matter expertise. Then all the other things that go into it are, are the, the subtleties. Like you talked about time management, podium presence. Uh, and one of the things is curriculum management. And that I find is super challenging. Like what you're describing was like, um, you know, when I'm teaching, so, you know, we have a litany of instructors and when we're doing our own internal instructor program, the hardest thing that I have trying to get across to them is like, listen, this curriculum is designed around an understanding of 
certain terminal objectives and enabling objectives. Those are the key. That's what drives the class. You have to be able to meet those terminal objectives, those TOs and EOs, as I call them. But there's also all this other stuff that supports those TOs and EOs, and you have flexibility there. So I'm trying to teach my instructors where they can flex and where they need to be rigid, because that is the old, that's how you, that's how the final product is going to be met as far as your standards are concerned. Mm -hmm. And then within that, and this is what was becoming super challenging. So we talk about drills, like, okay, so you have this, you know, we're, we're um, kind of rehearsing things going sideways. You know, as a new instructor, you get up on the podium and you start working the drills and you find all sorts of problems, everything from equipment issues to learning issues to safety issues. And you got to manage all of that. But all of a sudden you talked about that time monkey. And I love that. It's a great expression because that time monkey jumps on your back and it's like, okay, okay. Crap. I don't have, I don't have the allocated time. I don't have what I, you know, my allocated time has been condensed because of all these other issues. And so your ability to flex your curriculum to meet those TOs and EOs in that evolution is so challenging. I mean, that's the real mark of a solid instructor is their ability to, to see kind of what's happening. Yeah. To be able to adapt to that and still meet those TOs and EOs. And, you know, we talk about all the different ways to do it. Everything from, you know, like, like, you know, how you condense the program, how you demo the program only, you know, it depends, it just depends on the severity or the, how much meat that particular evolution has towards meeting the TOs and EOs. And the, the hard part is trying to teach the instructor how, how to manage that and yet still stay and still meet those TOs and EOs. And, and we, the, the main, the main strategies that we use are, you know, if it doesn't, if, it, if it's a subordinate, it doesn't really like really support the TOs and EOs. It's just like, okay, we're going to have fun doing this shit can it you know it's like all right you're if you're if you're crunch time you got to get rid of it yeah. and then if it's something that does meet the tos and eos now it's a little bit tougher it's like okay how do i manage this is it something that i can just demonstrate only like i talk about that it's like can you demonstrate only and then the student would leave the class because i mean we only have like 16 hours maybe 24 hours max in some cases to teach people I, i've long ago given up on the fact that they're going to master all of this in that time period right so then homework assignment right you demonstrate this they go home and they take it for their own they take it on take it for action on their own that's a demo. That's another strategy. Then depending on the rep schemes, like you might be working the three, five, seven and 10 yard line. And you're going to be like, okay, you know what? We're going to just do five and 10. So we're cutting down the yard lines. That's going to help compress the time that we have allotted to work with. And then cutting, cutting, um, cutting repetitions instead of being able to do, you know, five repetitions at each yard line, you're maybe only going to do three. And so it's like teaching the guys, all right, you know, this is, th these are the tools that you have to manage that craziness that you just described. And now you got to do that with every evolution. So, you know, like in a 16 hour class, I think we have somewhere in the neighborhood of about 35 evolutions. So now you've got to do that every single time you're starting a new evolution. You got to be able to flex like that. And that's, that's the real mark of a, of a solid instructor. This is meet the pressers. Hey guys, Jerry Mitchell, like here, be sure to check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'm on meet the pressers with Matt and Clint. Meet the pressers. You know, it's interesting uh, in listening to both you guys too. Like Clint says, you're, he's only teaching packaged national instruction, but it took time for him to 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 get that down. Mm -hmm. And and Jeff, you're doing your own based on experience, right? Real life experience. It's it's no different in the instructor realm as an instructor, whether like I do both. I you know I have an NRA USCCA, but then I obviously have my own curriculum that I put together for law enforcement and as well as civilians. Um, so, but e either way, it, you have to master it. You have to be able to know the curriculum so that you can 
can present it. And when somebody asks a question or they have an issue, um, you know, obviously you'll critique it or you'll, um, you'll, you'll change it and the curriculum will ebb and flow to students based on their, their ability and their, uh, um, you know, their, their level, if you will. But it's, it's different to see both of those. It's, it's pretty neat to it, hear both you, know, you say that. And, and I've, um, some of the other stuff that we do is we'll consult with a lot of departments and a lot of agencies on their curriculum because that's one of the things that we do really well. It's like, that's my college, my college education is in workforce education and development. So, you know, that's where I, that's one of the strengths that we have within our programming. And so we'll sit down with a department. What is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it you're trying to accomplish? You know, like when you talk about teaching somebody else's curriculum, the most important thing that you have to understand is what is their why? What is yeah. their why? Because if good. you don't understand their why, even with a good base of subject matter expertise, you're going to be missing something. It's like you're, you're, only, you're only in like first gear. You're not able to right. kind of see the gears and get into that high gear and really take her out for a spin. And that, that, that to me is probably one of the most important things. And Clint obviously has demonstrated that through his understanding of the why. What, what is the why for each of these organizations? Why am I teaching this? What, what is your vision for this future vision? How do you expect this to kind of roll out? What do you expect awesome. as far as the, the back, you know, the feedback? That is probably one of the most important things when you're working in that condition where third party where you're providing or you're you're instructing or delivering third party material mm -hmm. that's awesome cool i i tell you what i'll wait till you finish drinking that i was gonna say i can't wait to be teached by you man <laughs> Teach. yes we're gonna Teach. be we're gonna be getting some teaching on <laughs> well i'm looking forward to it that's for sure i mean it's always great to have instructors in the class and the, and the reason why is number one like I like to see, like, I like to see how other instructors react to being a student, you know, because uh, like, I, I, I enjoy, we, Matt and I were talking about this. I enjoy being a student in other people's classes. I, I do. And, and it's hard for me because everybody, you know, you try to go in like, um, when we've hosted classes in the past, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, and I tried to, like, I'm like, hey guys, you're not, I'm not here, you're not here for me, you're here to learn from this instructor, you know, like, yeah. don't, don't, you know, don't drag me into that, let's just see, I'm a student, and right. it's so funny, I'll tell you this story real quick, um, so I'm not sure if you knew Pat Rogers, but uh, Pat was a very close friend of mine, and uh, he was doing a class here in Texas, not too far, maybe an hour and a half, two hours away, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this class up. And you know, he, he's always had an open invitation, but I was like, Pat, do me a favor. Don't, don't announce me. Don't, don't make it a big deal. Like I'm going to come in there. I'm going to be kind of low key. I don't want anybody to know that I'm there. And so on day one, day one, you know, we're shooting and we're having a good time. It was fun. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And, and I miss Pat desperately. Um, but like on day two, one of the guys comes up to me and he's a good friend of mine now. I mean, he was, he, I knew who he, I knew of him back then. Um, and <laughs> He comes up to me and he's like looking at me kind of big old Texan looking at me. He's like, I don't think you're a student. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. And, uh, and I'm like, I was like, it's like undercover boss. Yes, almost <laughs> yeah. exactly. But, but it was great because, and Pat would come over to me and we would just have such a fun time. I mean, I've done that. And Pat was, I, I mean, one of the things that I was most, um, one of my great achievements was when Pat was a student in my class and I did this class in um, out at Quantico as a matter of fact because that was his where his home base he's living in the Quantico Virginia area and so we were on the Quantico's 
Marine Corps base there running the class. And it was a great class. It was a level three class, which is like one of our advanced classes. And that is not an easy class. And he was one of the few guys that passed. So the only way you get a certificate in our classes is if you pass, you have to meet the standards. So you get it. If you do, you get a certificate. Um, and it was probably one of the, like, and I, I was like, I'm thinking, I'm like, he doesn't really want a certificate. I mean, it's Pat Rogers. He doesn't need this thing. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Jeff, where's my certificate? And I'm like, what do you mean? You want one? He's like, yeah, I want it. I earned it. I'm like, all right. Awesome. <laughs> so, so, you know, and I, 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 because I don't know who's going to pass or fail, you get the certificates mailed in the mail. Um, you know, so like just because it's the easiest yeah. way to do it. Makes sense. And, um, it's good marketing too. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when, when Pat passed away, I was one of his pallbearers and, uh, the guy that was taking care of his estate goes, Jeff, I got something for you. And I was like, okay. And he pulls me aside and he opens up this, this manila folder and in it is the certificate that I had given Pat. And he said, this was one, like Pat has like a, he had like three binders of certificates all from his career. Cause if you knew anything about Pat, I mean, he, this guy was like a three peak career guy, he, Marine Corps, NYPD, and then as, as an instructor, you know, so he did a lot of shit. And so his, he had binders of all the, the certificates that he ever took, but he said he had like these big, like, you know, those jumbo three ring yeah. binders, yep. he had like three of those, but then he had the smaller binder and John was like, he's like, this was in his personal binder. And I was like, you're shitting me. He's like, no, I think he'd like you to have it. So I actually have that certificate in my office. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's awesome. That was pretty cool. Hey guys, Joe Teddy from Terrell Performance Coaching and Dual Survival. I am on Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory. Guys, had a great time. Thank you so much for having us on. Um, Check out our new website, Tier 1 Performance Coaching doing us with Dale Comstock. We're a performance coaching company. Take you to the next level. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dale Comstock from uh, Tier 1 Performance Coaching. I'm on the show with uh, Meet the Pressers, uh, Clint Macro, and Matt Mallory. Uh, it's been an excellent show. Everybody dial in and uh, give these guys support. And, again, guys, appreciate having me on there. Thank you. That'll work. Meet the pressers. Well, you had talked about uh, students making sure they get into the right class for them. Hmm. Uh, with the level two course that you're teaching up at, uh, at Matt's in New York, and, and I'll be driving up there to join him. I'm down here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Level two, what do they need to do to qualify to get into level two? Is there, a, is there a class they have to take before that or they have to show a certain level of competency? Or So that's the hard part. Okay, early, that's a really, it's a good, it's a good question, first of all, but it's also one that's really hard to, hard to manage. For instance, like if we put prerequisites on there and we put our genuine prerequisites, a lot of times people are not going to show up because they're just not going to meet the prerequisites. Um, and I, I understand that that's, that's good because you know, they're, you're keeping the class authentic to the, to the, to the class. But one of the things that we have within our programs is they're built around a kind of a collegiate scale. So it's like, you know, pistol two is like a two, you know, it's like a, it's like a two, two Oh one class. Right. Mm. And what I tell people is like 2.0, I have the ability with that class to run it strictly as a 2.0, or if the skill level based on the students that are in the class is maybe not up to par, I can run it as a 1.5. Okay. Or if the students in the class are really excelling, I can run it as a 2.5. So that's the flexibility that I was talking about. You got to be able to do that. You got like you were talking about, you have to know your material inside and out. So that's one of the benefits of that. 
So we kind of give a, a wide berth to this. And what I ask for is I ask for people to have attended some sort of formalized instruction. But I don't want, like, like I don't want to put specifically who that is. You know, so like, for instance, if you've been through an NRA class, well, I'm like, okay, great. That's, that meets that prerequisite. Because really what I want to make sure is the student is safe. And I trust certain organizations to make that a, a, a you know, like a cornerstone of their material is safety. Mm-hmm. And so after that, if, if they can, like, we'll run a skills assessment. The very first thing that we do is we're going to run a skills assessment. We're going to mm-hmm. figure out where the class is because I might have some ringers in the class and I might have some folks that are maybe pl- placed a little bit below them. Mm-hmm. And that's where that ability to manage everybody comes into play. So most of the time, a 2.0 class is, I would say, probably about, Fifty percent of the time, I'm running as a 2.0, and then the other fifty percent, it's either going to be a 1.5, and that would I would say would be like about thirty percent, thirty-five percent, and then the rest is going to be at a at a 2.5. But um, that, so that wouldn't affect your ultimate like objective standards at the end of the day. No, the TOs and EOs that we have are 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 they're scalable, so I can I can scale them to the to the class that I have to work with. In other words. Um, you're, if you meet the standards prescribed, great, awesome, good job. But if not, there's, there's, a, there's a level below that and a level below that and a level below that and there's a level above it and a level above it and a level above it. So like we're, we, we have the ability to move through that scale pretty easily. To answer your question specifically, what would I like a student to be able to do? There's two drills that I ask like people to practice to kind of get accustomed to things. Um, one of them is a pretty simple drill. It's a, it's a five round drill. We have the students like our targets that we have, have a, have a target zones in the body that are eight inches and a target zone in the head that's four inches. So this drill is something that I have people shoot um, kind of like as just like you're practicing. It's, it's a count up drill, one, two, three, four, five. So it's 15 rounds total. And starting from either the ready position or the holster, whatever you feel the most comfortable from. And your ability to just kind of rep those out one after the other. My recommendation is that you start that drill at like the, the three yard line, then you repeat it at the five yard line and the seven yard line, and then try to do it at the 10 yard line. So if you did all of that, okay, that's a total of 60 rounds. And if you're able to maintain 80% of those 60 rounds inside the target zones, like the eight inch, um, that would be like, that's, that's what I'm looking for. That's awesome. Right. I don't need you to do anything more than that. So three, five, seven, 10 count up drill one through five total of 60 rounds. You're good to go. Right. I'm, I'm going to say that you have the minimum skill to be successful there. And then as we, if I was to be challenging somebody, I would be like, okay, instead of an eight inch target zone, you're going for six inch. Like if you think, oh, should I have smoked that eight inches? Pfft, easy day. Right. So I'm like you do eight inches and you get hundred percent. What's, what's the next, what, what do I ramp you up to? Well, go to six inches. Hmm. Right. That's, that's the deal. Go to six inches. And then, you know, from there we can add time components. And then from there we can actually, instead of starting at the three, you start at the five and you go to the 15. So, you know, we have the ability to kind of manage that. That's an example of how you scale for the various skill levels, but that's the first drill. If you had that, you're, you're going to be doing good. Second drill is one that really kind of eats people's lunches and that's going to be 25 yard drills. And so what I tell people is again, same target zone, eight inches. If you can draw and fire two rounds into that eight inch target zone, and you can repeat that for 10 or five reps for a total of 10 rounds and 80% of them are inside the target zone, then you're good. That's, that's, that's like the best way that I can say that. Now let's just say that, okay, I suck. I can, I'm not able to do that. I'm not able to maintain 80%. So what do I do then? Well, okay, go to the 20. Still having a problem, go to the 15. 
you know, and at some point you're going to figure out where your zone is, where your threshold is. And so, sure. you know, if you can't do it at the 25, but you can do it at the 15, you know, or the 20, you're still going to be successful. Well, yeah, not every, not everyone gets to strap the guitar on and play in front of 10,000 people in the amphitheater. So, you know, we, everyone's got to, you know, find out what their own competency level is and then so either decide to get better or just be happy with where they are. And it's so funny. I just posted that up today. I posted that up as a, as a social media post. It's like I did my pro dev and based off my pro dev, I had some strengths and weaknesses, you know, my strengths, I don't care. Uh, if I met the standard, I don't need to stroke my ego with trying to do a better job. Like I met the standard. That's it. I identified the standard, met it, move on. I don't need to stroke my ego and try to do it faster or further or any of that business. I don't care because I've got weaknesses that I need to be working on. And so I need to allocate my time, talent, and treasure to shoring up those weaknesses. It's like a ma master of none, but uh, you know, that, that yes. old saying. Yes. Oh, I know that saying very well. Jack of all <laughs> trades, master of none. There you go. So, so that being said, do you, when somebody registers for the class, do you email out those, uh, those drills for them to practice on? Do you wait until the class is full and do it? How does that usually go? Because I know so, we, I, don't, I don't have that up on the website for people to know ahead of no. time. And, and I don't put that out per se because we list as a prerequisite um, like a CP1 or syllabus, a similar, similar, combat pistol one or similar. Mm -hmm. um, so what we'll typically do is I, I, will, I will send out like a couple of emails, like sometimes it varies like 21 days to 14 days out. And I'll start sending these emails out saying, hey, we're excited to see you. Can't wait to start working with you. We really look forward to meeting you. Um, you know, here's some prep work that you might want to consider. So I do a lot of uh, homework assignments. So I'll send out a lot of blogs that I want people to read. I'll send out a lot of things that I want them to start working on. And the reason that is, is again, it's prepping them for the class. They typically absorb the material a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, I'm very careful about live fire homework assignments because what's happening potentially is that they could be practicing the wrong things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when I see them, I'm having to do extra work to yeah, correct the bad habits. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm a little bit right reserved about the drills. I don't necessarily pull them out. If they want to do them, that's great, but I don't want them to, you know, I mean, they're coming to learn. And so as long as they uh, can do that from whatever scale distance and open division, mind and safety, that's it, man. That's it. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. and, and it, and what that does, the onus that it puts on me is that flexibility within the curriculum, that instructor agility that I have to have, because I know at this point that I'm kind of like, instead of it being a narrow field, it's a little bit wider field. It goes without saying, too, is somebody who gets those reps in, like we've talked about earlier, is going to be better and more proficient at that one task over and over. It's like driving a car. Once you learn how to drive a car and you go and you start driving a rig, because that's that next level, that next task, right? And you drive a rig all this time, but you never get back in a car. It's, it makes sense that if you, when you get back in that car, you're going to be rusty. It's not going to be the same. There's different faculties, different, different technology, so different things within that car that if you're not constantly doing it, it's a perishable skill. Plus, there's the, the concept of the unknown unknowns. You know, like Rumsfeld said, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So maybe once they take the class the first time, then they learn what they didn't know and they're able to recognize the stuff the second time. It's Not to mention true. the fact that you go see Van Halen, like you hear the same songs, but each performance is a little bit different. You know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They got different, like a different stage set up. I mean, I could, that's a great, that's a great example. And one of the things, it, it, the, the true knowledge is knowing that you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And then as you start to build upon that, you start to take on all this information. And I, I like one of the things that I can, I, I really appreciate about students is their honesty. Um, 
and that's a hard thing for students because that that kind of shows a little bit of vulnerability and that yeah. is not easy for a lot of people and so when i see a student that is in that kind of um that that mindset that's a good thing you know that's a really good thing they're taking on this information they're realizing they're like oh wait a minute i really don't have as good a grasp on this as i thought and i am uh, i'm thinking that i need to change some things you know and that right there is a win because what i talk about is like in a class i don't need you to have a positive outcome i'd like for you to have a positive outcome but what i need is a positive experience if you have a positive experience you take this information away and you actually apply this information with time you're gonna you're eventually gonna build that positive outcome right so for me the most important thing is positive experience you have that we are golden we're gonna do a lot of good things and it's it's neat you say that because when i talk to people who take classes that one of the things they worry about is because of my military and law enforcement background that I'm going to be screaming like a drill sergeant in their ear. And I tell them that's not my style at all. You know, that's not going to be a positive outcome. The only time I'm going to really scream at somebody is if I'm trying to get their adrenaline up, but usually I use other tactics for that. Um, but it's usually a safety thing. If there's a safety issue, that's when I'll scream. Maybe. Depending, yeah. if somebody's pointing yeah. a gun at me, I'm not going to scream at them. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I would yeah. discourage you from doing that. Exactly, yeah. startle reaction, I get, a, I get a cap in the head, not something I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yes. So I pick my battles. Uh, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, the, the, the problem is that there's a lot of stereotypes, and, and a, most of those stereotypes are, 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 are movies. Yeah, and they're, they're the movies, and they're false, or they're just perpetuated myths and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I remember I had a conversation with Larry Vickers, and uh, he was talking, he's like, because we did it, we teamed up and did a class together a couple of years ago. It was a great experience. I had such a fun time, you know. Um, and obviously, we have two different, two different backgrounds, but yet are still cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was fantastic to see students that, you know, we round robin, right? So one in the morning, student A, group A is with Larry, then group B is with me, and then we swap in the afternoon. So it's really cool to see kind of like... Um, like the differences that, that between the students and whatnot. Yeah. And in the end, I was telling people, I'm like, listen, Larry's, Larry's saying the same thing that I'm saying, but he's saying it differently. Mm -hmm. And we're doing this. We're almost doing yeah. the same drills. I mean, you know, he has his, his kind of like textbook or not textbook, but his trademark drills and mm -hmm. I have my trademark drills. And so, I mean, it was a fantastic experience. And one of the things that, that came out of that was Larry and I were having this conversation. He's like, you know, I'll tell you what, man, I'm not going to lie. There was this one time when I thought when somebody asked me about you, I was like, oh, man, he's going to have you doing push-ups and burpees and running all over the place. And he's going to have you, he's going to be, you know, that, cool. you, you know, he's a masochist. He's going to have you doing, because, you know, that was, that was the, that was the internet persona, you know, in a sense. Everybody thought that that was going to be their experience when they came to a class with me. Yeah. And it was funny because, you know, again, that's perception. That's kind of how the rumor mill works is that, you know, one person says this, says this, says this, says yep. this. And so that was, it was good. It was a good conversation. It's kind of funny. I do a lot of in-service training for law enforcement in upstate New York. And I had an officer that I worked with. It's probably two or three years ago. I worked with him on a, on a detail. And uh, by the time we're done with the detail, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got to work with you. I'm like, yeah, it was good. It was a good, good detail. And he goes, uh, he goes, I was worried. I'm like, why? He goes, cause you know, other people are, you know, intimidated by him. Like, why, man? I put yeah. my pants on backwards just like everybody else. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he just said that just because I'm an instructor and, you know, the chief of a town, they, you know, you just felt a little intimidated by me. And, yeah. and I was just like, dude, I, I'm no different. I can be beat just like anybody else, you know? It's, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, man, that's, that's the thing that I try to get across to people is like, you know, if that's a barrier to entry, then it's on me. Yeah, those, those preconceived notions do exist. We know yeah, that. Yeah. You know, 
we prejudge everything. And, and if, you know, if you look look at your military background, Matt, with his military and law enforcement background, you, you definitely see that. Because I've had people come to me because they've learned about me. I'm total civilian. Like I've got no law enforcement or military background. Closest thing to that would be serving with the fire department for a couple of years. But <laughs> yeah, that's certainly not the same thing, you know. And so yeah, that, 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 uh, that preconceived notion is there. But the, the good ones like you guys, like when you see them, that's what these podcasts are so great for. People yeah, agree. see you on these podcasts and you're like, oh, wow, you seem like a really like nurturing human yeah. being that ultimately wants someone to succeed. So, Down to earth. Uh, and that's, that's what brings people into the class. Once they gain that trust with you and they feel confident and giving, giving you their money. And this is, this is like a really personal thing, man. They're learning skills to defend their child. Yeah. You know, their I mean, wife, their family. And, and that's a big deal. Oh man. You said something that is so incredibly important that I have to say it again, which is trust. That is, that is the gold that we're all looking for. Because if you can't gain the student's trust, you're not going to be able to affect positive behavioral change in them. Yeah. If they don't trust you, they're going to be resistant to change. They're going to be, there's going to be, there's always going to be, a, there's always going to be an obstacle. But if you gain their trust through, again, a positive experience, you will, I have seen this where I've seen students that have just amazed me because they, are able to buy into everything and they just go full force. And I've always told people that I'm like, hey man, if you set if you set the bar high and you just get out of the way, the students are going to turn heaven and earth to get to that level. Yeah. You know, you just gotta get out of their way. You you provide the path, which is the curriculum, and then you just kind of stay along the side and you just kind of keep, you know, hurting them down that path and then you let them do it all from there. And it's it's the secret that it, it, it leads to the success for the student. This is Elliot Chang with Panda Tactical. This is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. I just recently stopped using my insurance provider and I joined FTA. Oh, well, fantastic. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's I, great. I was, with, I was with those other guys for over 10 years. And oh, wow. Uh, for a couple different reasons, I decided to come over to FTA. One of them being that you and Dave Spaulding and Larry were some of the, you know, the faces behind it. I didn't think that it would be a bad product if you guys were willing to put your name on it. Do you want to talk about that at all? I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to. Um, so, you know, we, um, Larry approached me uh, and he said, hey, listen, you know, I, I think that we're in a position to affect some change in the industry at, at the level that's important. So the reason, the reason why I got involved was because we wanted to be able to protect the profession. Mm -hmm. And that means that if, if, if through proxy, if you're not able to get instructors insurance, which is now required in a lot of locations to be able mm -hmm. to teach, then by proxy, that is a form of gun control. So, um, I, I decided to get involved with it because I want to ensure that, instructors have the safety net and safeguards in place to be able to teach this generation, next generation, generation after that, and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. So that was the reason why I got involved. And I still feel like um, the, the product that is provided is outstanding. Uh, you know, I feel like we really did a good job and we sat down and outlined what we want to try to accomplish with that. And I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. That's fantastic news. I appreciate you sharing that with me. It's, it's, it's definitely a solid product. I, I really, as, if you're an instructor and you're looking for insurance to cover you, it's hard to beat that policy. It's yeah. very hard. 
Yeah, I, I uh, have turned a lot of my instructors. I train instructors for the NRA and the USCCA as a training counselor, and I've had a lot of my guys switch over too. It's great. Uh, you know, this, the customer service was pretty awesome in the beginning because I, yeah. I, I was kind of a pain in the ass. I was asking a lot of questions <laughs> and, a lot of emails, and he responded like, I think one of them was like at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. He still responded Sweet. back to me <laughs> and I'm going to be getting into doing more like force on role player kind of uh, non-lethal training. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't covered by my previous provider. Huh. And this was one of the things that uh, you guys offer, or FTA offered. So yeah, that was another added benefit. I, I, and it's true. I mean, that's, that's such an important thing as an instructor that you have that ability to, con to conduct that level of training. And yet it's, it's not covered by most everybody else. Very well, cool. excellent. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good team of people there on the front cover. I can tell you that. Yeah, much. I, I, I was very happy. One of the highlights that I had was, uh, I think it was uh, not this SHOT Show, but the SHOT Show before we did a uh, Q&A. Like, I got a chance to interview Ken Hackathorn, which Ken is another, wow. you know, again, great mentor of mine. And um, we're, uh, we're sitting there and it was just like, it was so surreal. I'm sitting here uh, literally interviewing Ken and uh, it was a blast. So when... Yeah, it's it's a the product is solid, and the fact that there are so many well respected and well known instructors that are actually on board should really help people feel good about what they're doing. Good. Well, we'll we'll continue to pitch it. Maybe maybe one of these days FTA will sponsor the show. Always a possibility. You know, there is one thing that I would like to put out. Sure. And. It, it has to do with a new project that I'm involved with. And I feel like this is something that, this is something, this is another thing that's important to me, like the FTA. When you brought up the FTA, I was like, oh, this, this is another thing that's important to me. And this is the, the project that I'm doing with Brownells. And so we're doing a, um, a video series with them that's called Daily Defense. Nice. And the, the, the video series is directed at, and, and like, I need to set the tone for this. The context is that, Brownells and I sat down in 2019 to um, create this project, and it, it, it took it took over a year to get it into you know a landscape that was doable. And then as soon as we are set to film, the pandemic happened, so we kind of got shafted with that. So we finished the filming, and they're editing the videos, and they should be released here really soon. But the the point behind the 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 videos is that it it's designed to engage the fastest growing demographic that we have within our community, which is the new gun owners, the folks that are literally just buying a firearm for the very first time for whatever reason. And the, the hope is that we can, we can connect with these newer shooters that are still trying to navigate through this industry through, you know, through this community, if you will, because right. there, there, there's, there, there are several sand traps or several pitfalls or several things to avoid. And as a new shooter, it can be a little intimidating. We talked about like that intimidation aspect. Nope. So the purpose behind those videos is to try to engage with that new group of people in an effort to try to help them feel more comfortable about getting involved. And then from there, you know, wherever they want to go, whether it be, you know, attending class, whether it be continuing to educate themselves, you know, self, self-educated, mm -hmm. whatever, what we're hoping for is that these folks start to move, help us move the needle in the positive direction that we want to go. That's great. Right. Well, we buying the firearm is just the beginning of exercising that right. The founding fathers wanted us also to be well-regulated, meaning practiced and skilled and 
Yep. And so going, taking that educational journey is, is, a, is the next step they should be looking into. It, it's, well, it goes without saying that that is, that is the hallmark of where we want them to be. The problem is we can't really, we can't really tell them that. That's, that's one of the things that is hard to get across to a, like everybody's, like uh, most of the messages, especially after this, it was perfect. I mean, perfect timing. The pandemic created um, this, this surge of new gun owners, but a lot of other people were getting out there and they're, they're trying to, and, and, I, and this is one of the things that you learn with time is how to connect with your audience. And so this audience, because of the interaction that I have with so many new shooters, they're not interested in hearing somebody talk down to them and saying, you need to be educated. Well, of course not. No, the, we need the, to we need to provide them a path and and empower them. That's the empower thing. And that get them is to see the why behind the how. And you don't and know what you don't know. Well, all of that is so true. But the way that you said that is to empower them. Mm-hmm. You want to go out and do it, like to, to to just be the mentor on the sidelines and just kind of like bump them in the direction they need to be going. Sure. That's what I am trying to encourage a lot of these newer instructors or these instructors that are out there right now is to focus on that. It's like how do you connect with these folks that are leery of getting involved because a lot of these people are are questioning at this point their firearms purchase now with the riots they're probably happy with their 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 (laughs) their purchase but before the riots started that we i was worried that all these new gun purchases you know the march and april we saw almost five million of them that at the around the june time period that we're going to see a lot of people selling getting rid of turning them in whatever the case might be which is not what we want we want them to we want it. them to exactly we want them to engage with us and to engage with um, like our goal, which is to safeguard our constitutional rights and moving forward, making sure that the generation to generation generation has the same rights that we've had and all that other business. And that's 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 the goal, but it's hard to get them into that that first that first step. And so that's that's where I think the the video series is going to do well. It's going to connect awesome. with. Well, I'm hoping that it connects with them and it encourages them to seek out information. Yeah, I've, I've been very pleased. I, you know, and a lot of this has to do with demographics and, and the type of people and age groups and all that stuff. But I've found that a lot of new gun owners prior to this this uh, pandemic and even during, they're getting the gun and they're like, okay, they feel that the next step is to get that education without having to maybe sell them on that notion. And myself and a lot of my instructors are just, their phone's ringing like crazy. It's kind That's of- That's fantastic. Right the the uh, uh, most of these new gun owners are extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and they are they're coming from um more of like an, like the i don't want to necessarily pigeonhole them but a lot a lot of the ones that we're seeing they are coming from a professional sector mm-hmm. where you know they ha- they're smart they're educated they're uh, they're successful Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what we're seeing is like, okay, well, I'm successful in my own profession and I got there because I did this. Mm-hmm. So logic would tell me that if I do the same thing here, I'll probably be successful with that too. So that's right. kind of the, uh, the model that we're seeing is that they, they are intelligent, they are educated, they, uh, they understand that this is a skill that like any other skill, like riding the bike took some time, it was helpful mm-hmm. to have instruction. Um, like what, where, where, where should I be going with this? What should I be doing? Those are the kinds of questions that they're asking. They're asking really smart questions, very right. penetrating questions that are good. And I love that because that's, that's a good sign. We just need to ensure that they feel like there's an outlet, there's, there's a source, that there's encouragement and support. It's, with- it's quite amazing to see 
the growth in the industry so fast. And oh, I, I seen it last weekend when I was in Chicago taking the Chris uh, Peranto course. There was a father who's an attorney in Chicago, uh, his daughter who is in, uh, a ter- in a, an attorney in D.C. Oh, wow. and, their, and their son who is a, a Christian counselor at a, a Christian camp in Colorado. They wow. were all there taking the class. The, the girl that was there, the attorney in D.C., four times she's ever – that was her fourth time shooting a gun was taking that class. Wow. And I sat down and we were talking and, and Mantis, one of the sponsors of the show, they, they were actually uh, inter- doing interviews and such. And, and I was there, uh, uh, a guest of theirs uh, taking the course as an influencer. And uh, it was, it was pretty cool talking to her and listening to her saying, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm socially, socially uh, uh, liberal and this and that. And, you know, and I know, I see what's going on and I need to defend myself. And, you know, and then she's like, and I voted for Trump. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was it. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she goes, oh, and, I, I love it. And, and my gay friends can't understand why. And it was just a really neat, weird conversation that you normally wouldn't have, but because I... of where we're at now, it was kind of like, wow, you know, it was interesting. Yeah, I've had I've had more PhDs in my classes in 2020 than I ever have. It's, it's I, I love it. It's 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 such an it's such a exciting time to be in this industry because of the interaction that you're having with the uh, with the with the with the population at large. Yeah, I, I love hearing those types of, of of stories recounted because they're they're awesome, and that's exactly what we're hoping for: is that folks start to just migrate to where they feel the most comfortable, and and as as they get more comfortable, the training education starts to get more and more. So I love hearing that. Those are the types of stories that, that really are impacting because uh, she's a female, she's in a very high crime rate city. Um, She's, you know, probably surrounded by folks that would second guess why she's doing that, but yet she's made it, she's made it important to herself. She recognizes that her life has value and Mm -hmm. she's made it, a kind of directive that she needs to take responsibility for her her own safety and move forward. So those are the types of watershed moments that are fantastic. They're awesome. Well, we we hope coming out of this COVID crisis, we'll have some some new allies in in our pro liberty pursuits in the state capitals and in the, oh yeah in the capital yeah. in Washington D.C. and and we all as educators can endeavor to go forth and help get them all teached up. How about? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, this is Yehuda Reamer. I'm the Pew Pew Jew. You can find me at thepewpewjew.com, and I'm here on Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the pressers. The the big the big problem that I see within the political sphere is your candidate, like understanding what your candidate stands for. Like what is what you know, what is their I just went through this with my oldest son where he's you know, he missed last presidential election because of the way his age group was, but he's involved in this one. And we sat down and we we just did, you know, for uh for the um primaries we sat down and we you know i was like you need to educate yourself on these these candidates you need to choose who best reflects your your beliefs and if you don't know who it is it's because you're not taking the time to learn about your candidates you're not so taking true. the time to understand who yeah. they are and and i and i i man the strongest suggestion that i made to him was listen you can't you can't be uh, you can't be how to put this you can't be swayed by the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like so, you, so true. you've got to be, you, because that's the, that's the lazy approach towards it. Oh, well, he said he was going to do this. Okay, oh. I get it. 
but what has he done? Right, Let's right. look at his past performance and see what he's done. Does he actually stand up? You know, does yeah. his past performance stand up to what he's saying right now? Because if it yeah. doesn't, but he's lying to you. Yeah. He's going to lie. He's going to tell you whatever you want to hear to get your vote, but he's not going to actually do it because he's shown in the past history of not doing it. Yeah, a lot of national organizations will base their their rating of a candidate simply on a questionnaire. And, you know, I'll, I'll fill the questionnaire the way I think you're going to want to hear it, right? Yeah. It gets the rating. Uh, FOAC, we go over questionnaires, then we go back on the answers we didn't like and try to educate them. And then we weigh in their entire voting record and we make a point to at very least have a phone conversation with each candidate. And I think that's important, you know, and most people don't realize your candidates all have a local office somewhere. Yeah. So book an appointment and go visit them. These people are, are passing legislation that could affect your rights. You should know who they are. I think that's probably the most, most important message that you can, you, you, you can share was get to know your candidate. Yeah. You know, there's, there, like, I mean, we got to be honest, you know, when you grew up, you know, we had this, kind of, I guess, this utopia sense, probably wasn't the best utopia, but uh, that, you know, the, the, the candidates are going to do the right thing. Yeah. They're going to do the right thing. And I think now we just can't make, we just can't, because that's the easy way. Like, I don't want to do that. I just want to, I just want to be with my family. I want to do the things that I want to do for my family. I don't want to go out there and do all this and blah, 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 blah. But unfortunately, where we are right now is because that's what we did. Yeah. And they were just able to kind of usher their way into here without you know, so much as a buy or leave. So now, unfortunately, we have to take a more concerted effort. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's bad. I mean, it's, it's civic duty. It's your civic yeah. duty. You're, you're being a part of that civic duty. And I was so proud to watch my son walk up to that ballot uh, and actually cast his vote. And, right. and I was like, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't, don't say a word. I don't care. That's your that's your vote. I don't, nobody should ask you, you know, your friends, your mom, your brother, keep that to yourself. Yeah. That's awesome. We take our, and we've done it for years. We, we took our, our three grown children. Now they're all married and out of the house and have their own kids, but we, we take them into the voting booth with us to teach them uh, the, pro, the process and stuff. Yeah. And they thought That's that was awesome. They thought that That's was pretty cool. Idea. Yeah. yeah I don't, Augie's come with me to vote every election. He's he's going to be twelve now. Apparently, he voted for Hillary Clinton four times. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Could you tell us uh, or tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you? Follow you on Facebook or check for out sure. your website. What I recommend is go to the website trydoconcepts.com. You can follow all my social media. I really encourage people to check out the blogs. The blogs have been uh, the very, very valuable to people. They're free. They're up there. And then our YouTube channel, again, that's uh, also there that you can go out and get. And we've been doing a lot more of these uh, YouTube videos that I feel like are really connecting with people because they're short and sweet to the point. Not, not a lot of, not a lot of fanfare there. So awesome. Um, that's probably the best way. Uh, other than that, other than, uh, you know, seeing, seeing you in a class, that's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Well, hopefully they'll all join us when you're up in New York here later this year. I'm looking forward to it for sure. That'll be awesome. Well, it was awesome having you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Stay safe. Be the first kid on your block to have your official issue Meet the Pressers logoed gear. Visit the Meet the Pressers merchandise page on BallisticInc.com to get your high-quality, American-made Meet the Pressers shirts and hats. There's a lot of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less.
Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers.